This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone we have former Chicago Cub, St. Louis Cardinal, New York Met. How do you say? Hashan Tiger, George Altman. How are you doing, Mr. Altman? I'm doing fine, thank you. How do you pronounce that team from uh, Japan? Hanshin. Where is that? Uh, that's in the Osaka area. Yeah, but I also played uh, seven years with the team out of Tokyo. Um, at first, it was the Tokyo Orions, and then uh, a uh, another gum company bought the team, and it, it would turn out to be Lotte, L-O-T-T-E, the Lotte Orions. So you started off your big league career playing for a, a team owned by a gum company, or a the guy who owned the gum company, Wrigley. Right. So, so there's there's some sort of gum connection here, I suppose. Uh, yeah, they kind of followed me a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was it like making it to the big leagues? What was your minor league experience like? Well, I didn't have that much of experience. As a matter of fact, uh, I uh, actually I was really green because uh, I was more of a basketball player. I played four years of college basketball at Tennessee State University, and uh, we only had a baseball team um, my last two years. And uh, due to the weather, we only played maybe 10, 12 games. So uh, when I signed with the Kansas City Monarchs, I was just, you know, green. So I was one year, uh, actually a few months with the Kansas City Monarchs, and then uh, signed with the Cubs for uh, uh, two minor league seasons, uh, actually one and a half because I was in the Army for half the season. And so when I came to the big leagues, I was really green and just really excited and just uh, just happy to be there, you know. And uh, I remember uh, when I was with the Monarchs, um, we stopped by Wrigley Field on the day that Ernie Banks, I think, hit his uh, uh, record-setting Cub uh, six Grand Slam home runs in the season, I believe. And that was... Uh, <laughs> A great thrill for me, though, to watch that history being made. Now, who was on the Monarchs when you were on them? Um, Buck O'Neill was the manager. Okay. And uh, Lou Johnson, who, you know, signed with, as a matter of fact, Lou Johnson and J.C. Hartman and myself signed with the Cubs at the time. And uh, both of those uh, players uh, made the major leagues. Johnson primarily uh, with the Cubs, but also with the Dodgers, and uh, J.C. Hartman with the Houston Astros. If it wasn't for Buck O'Neill, the Cubs wouldn't have had any talent there in the late 50s, early 60s. It was you and Ernie he brought over, and what, Billy Williams? Gene Baker? Yeah, yeah, and uh, a little later on, uh, it was Carter. He signed several other players, you know, so he was a great scout. Great manager. And, uh, you know, I, I joined the club, Kansas City Monarchs, in 1955, and Buck must have been 42, 44 years old, and he was still playing part-time. And at that time, uh, to me, he was still the best ball player on this club. Did you ever get to face Satchel Page or anybody like that? I didn't face Satchel, but Satchel played with us in 55. He came out of retirement to pitch. And uh, he was still 
1955. And that was in 1955. He had that great control, and uh, he knew how to pitch. You were with the Cubs what, during that college of coaches? Yes. Why did they ever give uh, Buck O'Neill a chance to be the manager? I don't know, but to me, Buck was the best manager. As a matter of fact, he was probably qualified more than all of them because he had the experience and he had uh, the knowledge and he was just enthusiastic. Uh, he would have, um, I think he would have made the best manager that the Cubs had had during that area. But uh, all the other uh, coaches got a chance to coach except Buck, and we were really disappointed about that. So you and Lou Brock were in the same outfield, correct? Yes, for a while, yes. What was Lou that? Brock and Bill Williams. You know, we had some good players there. You know, they, they were Hall of Fame guys. They're like, uh, right now, uh, Sano, Williams, Banks, Brock, you know, and uh, we we had some good players. It just, uh, we needed a little bit more pitching, I think, and, uh, and some good managing. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of pitching, you were... Uh in the field for that Don Cardwell no-hitter and made a, a pretty good defensive play, correct? Well, uh, yeah, it was something that, uh, you know, you know that uh, uh, the pitcher's pitch on a no-hitter, so you are really alert and you say, well, you know, if they hit this ball in my direction, I'm going to do my best to, you know, to make a play. And uh, it just so happens that Carl Swaski had a line drive, out into right center field, and uh, I happened to go back up against the wall and uh, use my basketball skills to jump up and make a catch. And uh, that was a great thrill for me. And the very next play, I believe, Moose Morin made a shoestring catch right. to end it. Yeah. yeah, that's the play everybody talks about nowadays, you know, Moose and all that. But if you hadn't made your catch, this would have been insignificant. Well, yes, just uh, happened to be in the right place at the right time. And Cardwell pitched a terrific game that day because uh, Cardinals had a, a terrific uh, offense. And, and to shut those guys out and then pitch a no-hitter against them, that was a tremendous feat. You had a pretty good feat, too, with the two home runs off Sandy Colfax in the game. Well, yeah, that was in uh, Coliseum down in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, Colfax was... <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but uh, I know that uh, that's something you don't do every day. Um, he's the only guy to me, it seems like, that he can throw overhand around, uh, fastball around your knees, and it rises. I mean, he, he was that fast and had that kind of uh, spin on the ball. Wow. Great pitcher, and uh, I was just lucky, I believe, that day. Well, I can't imagine that there are too many left-handed hitters who hit one home run off of Sandy Koufax in their career, much less to have two in one game. Well, yeah, I kind of looked it up. Uh, I, uh, according to the records there, I was probably the only left-hand hitter to uh, do that. Uh, I think uh, um, Felipe Lou was the only right-hand hitter, so it was two of us that hit two home runs off of him in one game, Felipe Lou and myself. <laughs> How did you end up going over to Japan? Because back then there weren't many U.S. players playing over there. Uh, no, um, I had uh, 
had some problems, injury problems and so forth. And uh, um, they asked me, I think in 1967, uh, uh, since I was sitting around on the bench and I, I knew I could still play, and so they asked me, you know, to go to the minor leagues, sort of like a rehab situation. So I went to the minor league and uh, and Gene Stevens, and we had two guys on our team that had played in Japan. And I talked with them, and they were talking about the opportunities over there. And uh, so when I came back to the Cubs, uh, I had a when I was in AAA, I did very pretty good. As a matter of fact, did very well. So when I came back to the Cubs. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play again. Again, they sat me on the bench for about six, you know, four or five weeks, uh, just pinch hitting, and so I was uh, upset about that. So I uh, said, "Okay, uh, I'm not going back to the minor leagues. I'm going over to Japan and uh, see, you know, where I am in my career." And so when I went over there, and you know, the thing with me in the major leagues, I. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I guess, I couldn't say damaged goods, but I had played so much basketball. You know, it's really grueling, bad knees, and you know, we 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 were like Jim Rass playing every day. So anyway, it, I kept uh, getting recurring injuries, hamstrings and shoulders and things. But when I went to Japan, I found out that I wasn't in enough. Uh, physical condition. I wasn't in a good, real good shape. And I went through their kamikaze training over there, and I was able to play like eight years straight without any major injuries. And that was uh, really uh, the reason I had such a good uh, career over there. Now, did you get the nickname Daddy Long Legs over in Japan also? Oh, yes. They, uh, they called me Daddy Long Legs, and a lot of times I would uh, you know, in the streets kind of draw a crowd, you know, people looking and, you know, they're always comparing heights and everything. And uh, it was it was a thrill. It was a great uh, experience for me. I learned a lot of uh, humility because there were so uh, many people and a lot of times you had to stand in long lines, you know, for services. And so you learn humility and patience and uh, that uh was an experience for me uh, at bat also because the strike zone over there was pretty, pretty complicated. So you had to have a lot of patience, and uh, and when you got your pitch, you better hit it, otherwise you're in trouble. How did you communicate with your, team, with your teammates? I um, took a course from Berlitz before I went over there, and that helped me out a lot. But it was just a situation where, you know, you had to learn. And actually, uh, um, we had a lot of uh, teammates that uh, were studying English also. So, And then uh, we uh, had an interpreter also, who, uh, Wale Yanamini, who uh, was a f- uh, from Hawaii and a former San Francisco Giants football player. Uh uh, not for, not Giant, but 49ers. He had played uh, one or two seasons with the 49ers, and uh, he went over to Japan and had a just about a Hall of Fame career over there. So he was uh, our interpreter. 
Now, you made the 1961 uh, All-Star team. Will you be going to the 2012 game? Uh, yes. Um, we have been invited. Uh, when I say we, that means uh, um, the Negro League players that played uh, in the uh, Major League All-Star games. Uh, in the previous All-Star games, we've been invited as the guests of Major League Baseball. Uh, to um, go to the 2012 All-Star game. So that's a great thrill for me. Uh, I think there are seven of us left. Um, it would be Ernie Banks and uh, uh, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, uh, Monty Irvin, and Minoso. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> so um, it would be a great thrill just to be in the company of those guys. I mean... I don't know how I got in that group, but anyway, it was just great to, to be with those guys. Is there something that says, you know, if I had had a, a little bit better chance here or there, or if I'd been able to be a little healthier, I, I could have been at that level of play as, you know, as a Monty Irvin, as a Hank Aaron. Maybe maybe not as elevated as Hank Aaron, but, you know, a, a multi-time all-star. Well, probably not because of the fact I got started late. Most of those guys, you know, played, uh, started, you know, right out of high school or that. I had uh, four years in uh, college and uh, two years in the Army. And so I was like 26 years old when I, you know, made the major league. So I had to try to learn on the, on the, uh, on the job while, you know, most of the guys, uh, Learn, you know, early, like 17, 18, 19, when they're, uh, at their peak. Uh, I, um, anyway, um, I think also, but at, as your point, I think I would have been a lot better off if I had been in better shape or if I didn't, uh, uh, get those injuries. Of course, injuries happen to all of the players, but the thing, like today, the guys have, Terrific equipment. They have uh, better uh, uh, um, um, coaching. They have um, um, nutritionists and chiropractors. They have all the and uh, weights. They have everything going for them. You know. So if uh, I think if we would have had those type of things, a lot of us would put up a lot better numbers. You mean uh, Yosh Kwano didn't do all that for you when he was with the Cubs? <laughs> No, Yos uh, was diligent about the socks that we wore. You know, we had those uh, <laughs> those we would call them ankle busters. Those socks that come down around your ankles while the other teams were wearing high stirrups. You know, but Yos made sure that uh, we didn't, you know, cut the uh, stirrups or anything like that. Once you if you did it, the next day you come in your locker, they're gone. You got this, you know, you're right back there. And it was said that, uh, you know, that Mr. Wrigley uh, wanted us to um, be a little more traditional. And uh, that's what uh, Yost uh, did. So he was he was a good uh, good trainer. Could Sandra Hanna, what's his name, Sandra Hanna O have played in the major leagues? Definitely so. This guy was one of the best hitters that I'd ever seen. I mean, he had left-handers, right-handers. And uh, he had that great eye and great concentration. Uh, he would have been uh, uh, an all-star. 
Any chance we'll ever see you at a Cubs convention? I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. You're still you waiting know. for the phone call, right? <laughs> kind of, yes. Yeah, I uh, haven't, you know, been to uh, let's say worried about it too much because they don't like to travel too much in the winter time. But if they would call me, I would definitely go. Is there a reason they haven't called you? I don't know. I have no idea. I know um, uh, a friend of mine was, and a friend of mine and Billy Williams uh, was really uh, amazed that I hadn't been. So he said he would call Billy, and he called Billy and talked to Billy. And Billy said, uh, okay, the next year you're going to be there. And that was two years ago. But, you know, that's the way things go. That's, uh, I'm still a great Cub fan, True Blue. Uh, I uh, like the Cardinals, but the Cubs are still my number one team. I was going to say, you're, you're living in Cardinal country in O'Fallon, right? Oh, uh, yes, yes, yeah. Cardinals a great team, great organization, and uh, they they uh, treat their alumni uh, like royalty almost. You know, it's a lot different than the Cubs. And uh, they, uh, if you play for the Cardinals, you are uh, treated almost like the regular players. When you were in Japan, did you get a taste for sushi or develop a taste for it? Uh, not really. Uh, we lived around uh, Western hotels mostly, so I had uh, Western fare mostly, and so I just never developed a taste for that. I did like there what they call old bento, the bock lunches, that was uh, pickled uh, um, eggs and things like that, and uh, a few shrimp. I like that. We call them old bento. I like that, but uh, I didn't... Uh, I take to the sushi that much. Or sake? Sake, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. We had a, uh, a one of the, our late manager uh, was, anyway, he was sort of a, a wild nutritionist. He had us uh, uh, sampling things like turtle blood and stuff like that, uh-huh. which I didn't participate in, but... There's some weird stuff going on over there so far as uh, uh, training. we got to bring you back for the Cub Convention. we got to do an online petition. All right. Well, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy, Elliot George Altman. Definitely. we got to talk to those people at the Cubs that bring them back. They bring back everybody else, and why not bring one of the former star players back? You know, I, I remember when the growing up in St. Louis when the Cardinals got him. I thought there was a... a Pretty good acquisition. Not quite in the Lou Brock mold, but not bad. How many times are you going to take advantage of the Cubs? As often as possible. We had a great show today. Don't we always? Oh, I mean, we had the winningest golfer in the LPGA Tour. Kathy Whitworth. We also had George Altman and Rory Seavers. 1949 Rookie of the Year in the American League. I can't wait till next week. When? We're going to have Jim Brown and Jenny Finch. Thanks for listening to Sports and Torts. Stay tuned again next week.